0: Hi, guys. My name is Hito Koda.
1: And I'm Janelle Kerfman.
0: We are the stock coordinators for Cobra Kai.
1: And you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion.
2: Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion and I am Peter and today's episode is with stunt coordinators Hito Koda and Janelle Kerfman. Hito and Janelle was such a pleasure to speak with, I mean first and foremost it was an honor to have them on the show. Collectively they have such an extensive list of working with big name directors and all types of critically acclaimed shows. Um, this is just so many to, to name at this point. But, uh, they, you know, even right now, aside from Cobra Kai, uh, they are, you know, still working on, uh, other shows as well. Uh, just, you know, Stranger Things, Ozark, to name a few, an upcoming Stephen King show, uh, called The Outsiders, which is, um, I believe due out early 2020. But, uh, they share their experiences on, uh, Cobra Kai. They talk about, you know, some of their background in uh training to become stunts people. I, I'm not sure if that's a term. I I might have made that up, I'm not sure. But um yeah, just you know, just a wealth of knowledge and um just great stories shared by both. And they're just down to earth great regular people. Just a nice couple you want to have a course banquet with. And this is our conversation. <phone rings> Hello, uh Janelle and Hito Yes. Hi. Hi, this is Peter. Hey, Peter. Peter. How are you? Good, good. First off, it's an honor to speak to the both of you, and I want to congratulate you guys on uh, a successful season two of Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai recently just received its second uh, Emmy nomination for Outstanding Stunt Coordination. Janelle, I believe this is the first Emmy nomination for you, and Hito, this is the the fifth, which you won um, in 2013 for Super Ninjas?
0: That's correct. That was the first year that uh, the Emmys actually separated the, the comedies and the dramas. They usually they used to put them all together as one group, but then they that year in 2013, they separated them. That was the first year that they did that.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I guess that does allow it more chances to win uh, an Emmy.
0: It just made it uh, more... Different for the the folks that do comedy, it's very different from the dramas with the action, and uh, it was uh, gives the comedy, the stunts in the comedies uh, more of a an opportunity and a chance to get an Emmy than having to compete against the the dramas like Game of Thrones and things like that.
2: For a show like uh, Power Rangers, what would that be categorized under?
0: Power Rangers would be. Hmm, that's interesting I don't know I think it, it probably would be listed under comedy yeah.
2: um,
0: it is a half hour show so a lot of the comedies are listed as, are usually like half hour shows and um, if you are a comedy and you're an hour long you got a petition to become uh, to be listed as a comedy um, it has to be a half hour show
2: now this question is for the both of you um, growing up when did you decide to become a stunts person
0: for me i, I I got my SAG card when I was 12 years old. I was trying to dabble into acting and whatnot. My father is uh, my instructor in martial arts. I trained in martial arts since I was a baby. Um, But uh, he trained a few stunt folks um, throughout his time training people. And uh, when we were in L.A., we had the opportunity of going out and visiting some sets, and I met with uh i saw some rehearsals and things like that of some big shows that were shooting at the time and i met a ton of stunt people on these shows and i met this group called the stunts unlimited and saw what they were doing in the rehearsal and i was like that was since i was 12 years old that's all i wanted to do was become a stunt man it was the coolest thing that i ever saw and um by the time i was 16 i had uh Asked my parents that I met, told them I wanted to become a stuntman. I I got my GED and took off to California by the time I was turning 17 and moved to California for good to try to figure out how to be a stuntman.
2: Doing stunt work was never something I considered, but Hito, this is kind of to what you were talking about, um, you know, kind of, um, I guess, sort of being inspired, but I remember going to Universal Studios and watching... Uh, I, I think Miami Vice, you know, before, you know, the water worlds and, and all of that stuff. And I remember boat explosions and stuff. And that's something I used to kind of do with my dad's boat. I'd set up like these inner tubes on the outside of the boat and jump off of them as if I just got hit by a torpedo or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 12 years old is a very impressionable age. I think I was about the same age when I used to do things like that.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I trained in martial arts my entire life. I did gymnastics and I raced motocross. and. I always have been an active, crazy, high adrenaline junkie kid, and um, stunts was like kind of the perfect thing for me to get into. Uh,
2: Janelle, you also did gymnastics and some dance as well, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. I did gymnastics um, competitively when I was younger, and then I danced professionally, and I was dancing professionally in LA when my agent called me for an audition for a top-secret movement that they were looking for movement specialists for. They needed tall, graceful, athletic women. So as a dancer and a gymnast, and being 5'10", I fell into that category, and I went in and auditioned for this movie, this movie, some, like creature-type movements, and then got called in to do a screencast and then got called in to meet the director and it all boiled down to getting cast as one of the motion capture performers on the first Avatar. So that was my first taste of what stunts even was. I didn't even really know it existed as a career, but as part of the motion capture team that worked with Jim Cameron on Avatar, we worked very closely with the stunt team and We were on wires and we did a lot of really physical work, you know, taking hits and falls. And I doubled Sigourney Weaver on that film. And it was my first taste of what doing stunts was actually about. And after I spent about three years working on that film, once that was over, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I started to make that transition from dancing into stunt work.
2: Doing stunts, it, it does require um, a variety of, of skills. It, it, it sounds like being a stunt person, um, your training and your learning is never never finished, really.
1: No, you're right. It's not. And every job is different. So, you know, it, it helps as a stunt person and you become more hireable the more skill sets that you have, rather than just pigeonholing yourself into one category it really is helpful to be able to do a lot of different things
0: you never know when you get onto the set you're doubling somebody and then suddenly you're doing fights 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 but then your actor has to go and drive a car so you should be able to drive a vehicle or you just never know kind of what you're getting into because every like like Janelle said every show show is different
2: I have a question about um something that may be of reference to uh Janelle, uh something in your background. In episode three of season one, Escaleto, the um the Mean Girls, as they're dubbed, are dressed as Laker girls for the Halloween dance. <sighs> is that at all a reference to something it you is. might have done?
1: Uh well it isn't in the show, but yes, I was a Laker girl for a season.
2: That must have been pretty interesting.
1: It was. You know, it was a lot of fun dancing in front of twenty thousand fans at Staples Center and watching every Laker home game courtside right beside Denzel Washington. It's pretty, like I can't ever go to another Laker game and have to sit in the stands after being courtside for a whole season of every game. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I played basketball in college, so it was kind of the best of both worlds of being able to get and sit there and watch a basketball game and then also get to dance in front of a you know live audience that many people, and the energy that fills Staples Center for those games is just insane.
2: And do you get that same kind of um, energy or maybe even a rush from doing stunt work now?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's different. Performing live and performing on camera are very different, but I still, to this day, it doesn't matter how small a stunt is, how big the stunt is, how many times I've done it, I just still get that surge of adrenaline, which for me feels like it fuels the performance. And I think a good stunt performer can take that nervous energy and take that adrenaline and channel it into the performance so that it just fuels it into something really spectacular.
2: Yeah. I noticed that in your guys' credits, it looks like you guys, uh, I don't know if you collaborate with each other often or is it just a coincidence that sometimes you guys end up on the same film or TV show?
1: Um, yeah, we do work together quite a bit. and Sometimes it's a coincidence and sometimes it's, you know, one of us being on it first and then bringing the other one on, or it just kind of depends on the show. And we work quite a bit independently as well, so it also depends on availability. But we really have dialed in a good system for working with each other, which I don't know if every married couple is capable of that. <laughs>
0: it's it's always the two of us just connect so easily on set i mean the majority of the time on every show that we've actually worked on together half the time even sometimes by the end of the show people don't even know that we're actually married we keep our our job is what it is and we keep it very professional and it's we have a good connection with how we run things together and if she's working for me or i'm working with her or we're working together running a show. We just, we know how we run things together and it just, it all works really well.
2: Yeah, I I think there's a saying, um, a couple that stunts together, uh, stay together, maybe. <laughs>
0: Well, so far
1: so far so good
2: um the the two of you, between the two of you you guys have an extensive credits in in working with like uh, big name directors and all types of stars do either of you have like a director that you have yet to work with that you want to and also a star that you would like to work with or double or something in that nature
0: wow that's a really good question <laughs> that's a tough question there's always somebody out there isn't there
2: yeah, I mean these. There's some huge TV shows you guys have been a part of. Hido, your work goes all the way back to the early '90s. A lot of these movies I kind of grew up watching myself, so I was just like, "Wow, um, Blade," you know, Lethal Weapon Four, Bowfinger, Fight Club. I,
0: I you know, I um, some of the people that I really, really wanted to work with, I really, I had the opportunity of working with. I got to work with Jackie Chan. He was one of my one on my list that for sure I needed to work with, and I got to do rush hour with him, and uh, I got to do a fight with him, which was incredible. I did a whole two seasons of uh, Martial Law with Samuel Hung, mm-hmm. and I ended up becoming his stunt double the second season, and it was it was an incredible. Those two guys are some of my favorites from when I was a kid, and to be able to work. Beside them, and work with them, and do fights with them, and see what they do is was incredible for me.
2: Well, one of my favorites that I see that you um, doubled as was uh, Mark Dacascos.
0: Mark Dica- and actually, the first time I ever doubled Mark Dacascos was on uh, was on Martial Law, oh. and uh, he's an incredible individual. Yeah, that was the first time I did some stuff in a movie called Drive. Um,
2: with for him, I
0: was not his main. Yeah, and I wasn't his main double on there, but I did do some things for him, but I didn't list myself as a double because I wasn't his main double. Um, but then martial law season, was it season, end of season one or season two? I can't remember exactly, but I ended up doubling him. He came in as a star, a guest star on the show, and I got to double him for three episodes. And him and I became very good friends. He's such a cool individual and just a good person and talented 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 martial
2: artist absolutely um janelle you you've done some marvel stuff i have now you served as a double for karen gillen
1: i did i um i doubled her on the first yeah and then we actually just finished filling the sequel to that this past may so we've got That wrapped up and coming out in December. And then I did double her a little bit on Infinity War as well.
2: Oh, I see that you also did some stunt on Pompeii. Did you get to meet Kit Harington?
1: I did not. I did some of the um, additional photography, motion capture work on that. So it was after the principal photography had finished and we were doing some tiling just to fill in the gaps.
2: Yeah, that one. I'd imagine there's a lot of stuff I'm working into that because there's a lot of CGI involved as well at uh, towards the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It's kind of like, kind of like Titanic, but with a volcano or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> just people running for their lives.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah. This, yeah second half of the movie, so you kind of know how it's going to end a little bit.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um, how did you guys uh, end up working on Cobra Kai? You know, it was a a brand new show. Um, many people that were fans of the Karate Kid didn't even know this was coming out. I, I found out really late myself, maybe maybe like a month before it actually dropped. Um, were either of you guys fans of the original movies growing up?
0: Karate Kid was a was a huge part of my uh, childhood. Being growing up in martial arts, it was, very, it, was a, it was a big big deal when I was a kid. I got called for this uh, show. Bob Wilson is producer of the show, and I did um, I did uh, tons of shows for him years ago. The first show I did for him was um, Birds of Prey um, back in 2000. It was a TV show for uh, Warner Brothers, and when Cobra Kai came along and he gave me a call, he said, this is right up your alley. Um, I didn't know exactly what it was because he didn't actually tell me it was Cobra Kai at first and then, I got to see the John, Josh, and Hayden creators of the show, and went to Sony and had a big meeting with them. And they kind of broke the news of what all of it was about, and it was it was a huge inside. I was very very excited, but I had to keep my, my cool at the meeting. And but they were just as much uh, excited about the show. I mean, they, they, these guys are huge fans of the show, and um, that's that's how it came about.
2: You know, how did you get on board?
1: Um, he brought me in the end of the first season for the final sequence. The uh, All-Valley Tournament was a huge undertaking, and he needed an extra set of hands to get through all the choreography and the pre visiting and the rehearsing. And he rehearsed and choreographed about 20 fights within four days. So it was oh, a, it was a big taking on. So he brought me in for that. And then for the shoot days, Keto was actually playing character. He was the center raft for the tournament. So he needed somebody as well to be behind, you know, monitor, watching camera, making sure the hits were selling, making sure that everything looked good, as well as making sure the actors were rehearsing, the stunt doubles, where they needed to be. So he couldn't necessarily do all of it. So I came in the end of the first season just to help out. And then... When Josh and Hayden went, you know, back to the writing board for second season, they just infused it with so much action that you Kato know, and I just sort of rolled right into second season, knowing that, you know, we would do it together because it was more action than it was in season one.
2: Oh, absolutely! And that's something they kind of promised and teased uh, over the summer as well, so we were all looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, is it challenging uh, working with actors with little to no experience uh, in any, any uh, martial arts scenes or fighting scenes?
0: Yeah, uh, it is a challenge Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a challenge. Yeah, definitely it, it, definitely a challenge. Um, the good thing about having actors training in martial arts or any fight whatsoever, if they don't have any background in it, then they don't really have any bad habits. So we're able to take them from scratch and just start building them up with what we need them to look like, um, if that makes any sense, because a lot of times if there's somebody that has training and they have half training or whatever, and they come in, they have bad habits already, in part to lead those bad habits. So it's a little bit helpful in that way, but um, this cast that for Cobra Kai was incredible, these kids, they, they work really hard, they wanna look good, they train. We, we start our training in LA before the production starts to open. And then as soon as they get to Atlanta to start shooting, they're they're in the rehearsal hall training every single day, aside from going to table reads and fittings and all that that they have to do. But they're always in training. I and mean, then when we start filming, they're into choreography, and any day they have off, but they're not on camera. They're at the training hall and they're
2: training every day.
0: Think the kids were coming and training before they went to work. They just they love training
2: and stretching apparently.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> That's so, I have a good stretching, like
1: stretching. I don't know if they really <laughs> liked it because it felt like a small uh, torture chamber every time I would do the <laughs> stretching techniques.
2: Yeah, I I enjoy um, you know talking with some of the the cast members and, and you know sometimes they bring up the the stretching. Uh, I think I first heard about it in one of the Q and A's at the. Um, Cobra Kai Season 2 screening at the Paley Center, I think it was. Uh, I believe it was Mary Mauser that might have been asked uh, about that. And obviously, you know, all of us that follow everybody associated with the show, we have seen some of those clips on Instagram as well, and uh, they're quite fun. (laughs) Now, of the cast members that maybe have little to no experience in, in fighting, were any of them surprised you with how quick they picked up some of the choreography and fights?
1: Um, for me, I think the biggest surprise was Gianni Lichenzo, who plays um, Dimitri. He actually is a really good fighter. He's, and honestly, I, I hated holding pads for him because he hits and he kicks so hard. He's thin and you would never guess it, but that kid is a powerhouse. And he actually didn't have that much choreography, but he would come in and he would train and he was just, I mean, he blew me away with how good he was.
2: Something perhaps we can look forward to in season three. Oh, maybe he will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Sholo and Jacob were two of the
0: hardest training when they came in the first season. Neither one of them, both of them had some training, I think in martial arts when they were much younger and they didn't go very far in it. But, coming in and, and they worked their butts off and they improved, which I mean, the good thing is, and, and Janelle has said this many times is just as the season progresses, the kids, the storyline progresses with their, their ability martial arts, how well they're, cause they, over the time they're training and they're getting better in the show, but also with our training with them and them never having any training prior to it, they are becoming much better every time they come in to train. Um, from season one to season two, there was a big difference in the two, in, in all of the kids. Um, and then Janelle, I'll let you explain about Mary because Mary didn't have much action in the first season, but the second season she had a lot. And she was one of the hardest working members we had.
1: Yeah, she really just put her head down and every single day. We would wake up early on Sunday mornings and go to Soul Cycle. He signed up for food delivery services so that we could eat healthy. She would shoot all day and then get home and say, Hey, I need to do a workout. I would text her a workout to go down and do, or we would meet in the training hall. And even if we weren't drilling and training martial arts, I would give her some other form of, you know, cross training or something to do so that she could meet her not only her martial arts and performance goals, but also her physical goals of what she wanted to achieve on screen. And she and Mary is a diabetic, so she had to work with her physical limitations extra hard to get where she needed to be. And it was astounding where she went from the very beginning of the season to what she accomplished at the end of the
2: season. Oh, that's amazing. Now, do you guys um, consider, like, different types of fighting styles for for different characters? This question is kind of inspired by uh, Peyton Liss's character, Tori. At one point, you know, she mentioned that she had taken some kickboxing classes. Like, do you guys take something like that in, into consideration in, like, her maybe fighting stance or things that she does?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, even so with the styles between the Cobra Kai kids and the Miyagi-Do kids, like the Cobra Kai kids, we incorporate a lot more of the pseudo takedowns and sort of the hard hitting Muay Thai style. Whereas with the Miyagi-Do um, kids, Hido incorporates a lot more of his traditional Japanese karate. So it's, Even between the two dojos, you see the difference in the style. And that was one of the things we took into consideration when Peyton came in, is that what made sense for her character to do. She's done some kickboxing, so she knows how to punch and kick. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. We did take some creative license and, you know, throw some flavor in there. But that was a nice thing, too, as at the end of season two, when she had you know, been training at Cobra Kai and had some new stuff under her belt. We wanted there to be that difference of how she was fighting at the end of the season compared to, you know, that first fight that she does in the Cobra Kai dojo with Miguel. Mm-hmm. So we definitely take into consideration the different fighting styles,
0: absolutely. And with with Billy and, and Ralph and Marty, the, Marty. The, we wanted to keep the... Style that they had from the original Karate Kids, like keep that exactly the way it was. We didn't want to change any of that because that's what people fell in love with. We did add a little flavor to it, our little flavor to it, but we did keep the same style and feel of each of those characters.
2: I, I think by adding your guys's flavor, that does show you know their characters evolving over time as well. Absolutely. Yes. Now, did you did you guys get uh, like input from Billy or Ralph uh, as well for some of their scenes?
0: I you know I just after going through training with them and, and discussing, I, I had from the very beginning of season one prior to I had multiple meetings with with Ralph and discussing what things that he is you know, what things he likes to do, what things he feels comfortable with, and same with Billy and and Marty, but um, what we do with our process of going through training process prior to shooting with every actor is we go through and assess them and see what they're capable of, what they're really comfortable doing, what they're not comfortable doing, and we push them to the limits that they don't think they can do or what we think they can do, and that's the that also evolves in, this, in the in the styles that we create for them and the choreography, so that they look good with, with what they're doing. There's no way we're going to throw something in there that just looks cool or, or you know, you know whatever it is, just because it needs to be put in there. We put things that they are comfortable doing, and they're going to look good doing.
2: The next series of I don't know if they're really questions They're more like bullet points are um, fight scenes that, uh, you know, if you have any insight or behind the scene tidbits or um maybe like a, uh, I, I remember when Josh Heald came on and he talked about Miguel's uh, fight in the lunchroom and how there was, a, I, I, I believe, a swim meet that was going on in, in like the next room or something. I kind of forget, but uh, if you guys have any stories like that, um, please uh, share if you can. Um, what about Johnny's first fight against, like, Kyler and Brooks and all of them in front of the, um, the convenience store? Was there, like, um, any outtakes or things you guys did differently or something you had planned, but it wasn't able to happen due to logistics or otherwise?
0: No, I mean, we, when we started, uh, when I started putting that fight together, we did it on the location, um, of where we were going to shoot, so, and I wanted to do this sort of one -er piece with the fight as long as we could do, do it with them and and with Johnny himself, um, that we, we got to do it at the location, so we kind of were able to figure out everything that was going to work at the location, nothing really kind of fell apart for us there, um it just it, that that fight came together the way it did and and the choreography was able to come together as we needed for the location that we were
2: at for Miguel's big fight in the lunchroom i i might be misremembering but i feel like josh might have mentioned that uh the the lunch tray was was that kind of a late addition where he uh hit somebody in the face with it at the end of the fight
0: it was an added thing at the end i remember you know, they, there was nothing. I mean, in that fight, just we wanted to use the environment. I always like trying to find when we're choreographing fights together. We always look for what's going to be in our environment, and not being able to rehearse at the school and see what was there. But we knew it was a cafeteria. we knew they're going to have lunch pails and boxes, and there was going to be trays in there and things like that. So, being able to incorporate anything that was in the environment as part of the fight was something that we always looked for.
2: That, that kind of reminds me of like the the fighting style that Batman has in Batman Begins. I kind of forget like the technique or whatever, but um, I remember a video clip that I watched with the. Uh, I'm assuming they're the you know the fight choreographers, but they talk about using things like that that Batman could just get his hands on, or I, I guess in this case it was Bruce Wayne uh, fighting. And um, so I I kind of like that, you know, using the things that are around you.
0: I, yeah, and I mean, growing up in. Martial arts, and, and Jackie Chan was one of my heroes when I was a kid. And <laughs> if you watch any of his older films, he uses anything and everything that is innocent that he could find. To either climb on, jump through, or, or use as a weapon, Or it, it, that's always in my head. And when I'm in a situation of coyotes and fight sequences, if there's something in the environment that can be used, it's just going to make that fight that much better than just two guys stand up there bump blows at each other.
2: Maybe like Jackie Chan, perhaps we could see somebody and use a ladder uh, to fight um, in Cobra Kai. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> uh, what do you recall from uh, shooting the uh, episode ten of the first season, the All Valley Tournament? Uh, we have different schools. I, I, I think most of them were kind of local schools. Uh, one of which uh, uh, Owen Morgan was a part of, who plays Bert. Um,
0: there were a little, what was all the schools that were there, Janelle? I can't. I mean, Owen is local here in town that plays Burt, um, and he, do, he, did, he does train. Um, I think all of the names that were listed as schools that were there were all, um, some of them were made-up names, and, and then one of them was like the art, my system that I trained in, they threw in there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I mean, they had Topanga Martial Arts. My system was Kai Karate. um They had all, I think those were all, they had to get them cleared, so there's all different names that they kind of created for the the Owl Valley, Um, but they did bring in a lot of the the background that was working in that sequence. They brought in a lot of, uh, they contacted, I think, a lot of different karate schools, and um, I had a couple of the stunt guys here that had, they have tons of schools here in the Atlanta area and just outside of Atlanta, so they were bringing in groups of kids and adults that were looking 18 and under that could, play in the All Valley and they all were all in the same system. So they would put those in those groups.
2: What what was it like choreographing the um, Miguel doing the crane kick? (laughs) That
0: was, that was, that was one of the most, I mean, for, even for solo to be able to do that, one of the most iconic moves of all the Karate Kid films. And, for him to be able to, it was the coolest thing. We even recreated the actual shot from the film to add for the opening of the uh, him hitting, the uh, Johnny hitting the mat. That was just one piece that we kind of added. At the end of the day, obviously they used the real footage and then they also used uncut uh, footage that was edited out of the film. The, the, the boys all found, uh, John, Josh, and Hayden found like tons of footage that was never used in the film and they used some of the cuts from that. But we got to shoot a small piece of it when Johnny hits the mat and the camera pushes down to uh, the back of his, his gi and it was showing Cobra Kai. And that was, I mean, the two stunt
2: guys were just like
0: in head over there, just in heaven because they're like, I can't believe this. So we're recreating
2: the shot. It's was, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. That's got to be surreal.
0: Oh, yeah. What were you going to say, Janelle?
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say going back to um, the different karate schools that were in that were represented at the tournament. The karate school that was Yoshukai is actually the system of Japanese martial arts that Hiro's father brought from Japan to the United States. Oh, wow. So it's a a bigger deal than he's making it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Everyone seems to be that way. Like, um, you know, Gianni kind of downplays maybe what he had done in terms of, like, training and stuff like that. And to hear you guys talk about it, you know, you specifically um, saying that, you know, he was a big surprise. I'm really looking forward if Gianni or, I guess, Dimitri has any fighting scenes coming up. Because I I know that there are people uh, out there in the fandom that... Uh, they don't think that Dmitri could have gotten that kick to Hawk, um, you know, in that in, in the, the fight at the school. So I, I would definitely, I would very much like to see uh, Dimitri kind of like, you know, kind of show those naysayers, you know, that he can fight.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's really talented. So it would be nice for them to to play on that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the mall brawl. Now, how? <laughs> How did you guys, like, <laughs> now, do you get the script and and then read, like, oh, wow, there's a fight at the mall, and then start brainstorming how things will work?
1: Yeah, there's, um, you know, the writers always, John, Josh, and Hayden always give us the, main, the plot points that need to be hit. Like, the fight needs to go in this direction, you know, it'll be, you know, somebody will get the upper hand, or in the case of the mall brawl, it was, the first time that we see Samantha and Robbie employ the wheel technique that Daniel had been teaching them earlier in the season. So we knew we had to incorporate that somehow into the choreography. And when you've got, gosh, I believe it was two versus five, you have to get really creative so it doesn't look like anybody's just standing around waiting to do their choreography.
2: And for, an example would be like Khalil's character, Chris, uh, he gets kicked and knocked to the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. He gets knocked to the ground. And at that point, you either keep them down and say, OK, this is a kick that takes them out or they get back up and come back into the choreography. So you have to get creative in that sense of, you know, doing something that's big enough to take somebody down to the ground so they're out for a few beats or, you know, a punch to one, a kick to another and have it move in a way that it's. Going back and forth and keeps moving in a way that makes sense and doesn't look like it has a lull at any point in the choreography.
0: And also to be able to keep the storyline going, of this has to be somewhat of what they've been training with the wheel technique that Daniel was training with them, and so we had to incorporate that into the choreography as well. Not the exact moves that they were doing on the. In the wheel technique, but just incorporating them fighting back-to-back and being able to
2: trust each other as they're going through this fight. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the wheel technique, what was the inspiration behind that? Uh, Did you guys um, just kind of do a bunch of different things, or is that inspired by anything at all from your past?
0: The wheel technique, um, we had to figure out a thing that they could do and mirror each other on this wheel that they had over the water. Um, and the, the, the one wonderful thing was, is that is it was Mary or is it handed left-footed, left-handed? I think it's Mary. It's yeah,
1: Mary's a Southpaw. Mary's yeah. left-handed,
0: yeah. So the good thing about her being Southpaw and left-handed and Tanner the opposite, it made the mirror work even better. So that was very helpful in that situation. But as far as working the choreography around on this uh, wheel, um, the inspiration came from the kata that has been in the the karate kit. And I elaborated on the kata. It's, an, it's a Japanese traditional form um, that, that we have in my system as well. Um, and we just incorporated that content and added, and made it much longer, but made it work to where they were marrying each other on the wheel.
2: A lot of people's favorite episode, or at least one of the top, is when the OG Cobras return. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you guys talk about the bar scene and perhaps the challenges maybe to get the OG Cobras to show up and actually do these fights? Because, you know, they're only in one episode, so I'd imagine the window's very tight to kind of get them in and and up to speed.
1: It was, you know, that was one of my favorite episodes to shoot. There was just a really special sense of reunion when you saw all of them come together. And I remember walking through um, the studio lot and seeing a couple of them arrive and see each other and greet each other. And it was just really cool to know that they had shared this, you know, really amazing experience in their youth. And now all these years later to get to come back together and share it again, the camaraderie, the camaraderie that you see between all of them, between all of them on screen for that reunion episode is really, truly how it felt.
0: And we did not have, any time to stay with them because of the time schedule and when they all came in, they pretty much learned on the spot, if not moments before, but they, the choreography they picked up very quickly and, and just think the way they all connected, like Janelle said, was just made that scene incredible.
2: Yeah. It was really nice to kind of see them. Um, I, I especially, and maybe this is in the script, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I love it when uh, Tony Odell's character, you know, um, I don't know if he hits or whatever it was, but then he looks at his hands like, oh my God, I still got it. You know, it was uh, one of the <laughs> yeah. laugh out loud moments for sure. He, he was so excited to do that fight. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah, and
1: you know, we actually know Tony Odell from um, KCN Recover. Keto coordinated Casey Undercover with Zendaya, and I doubled Zendaya, and Tony was Zendaya's acting coach. That's right. So we had spent a season with him on that. When we got to um, work with him on Cobra Kai, it was a little bit of a reunion on our own. It was cool to get to work with him in that capacity.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Now, the big fight at the school. Um I, I I got the opportunity to speak with Paul Walter Hauser and um I believe he said that his his moment early on was also kind of a late addition is that correct?
1: It was. Yeah. He so it was at the end of The Warner when he came in and uh just sort of did his comic relief after you've seen all this hardcore fighting and then all of a sudden he shows up and is you know hip bumping somebody's head into the locker um (laughs) you know why don't you talk about how that came to fruition
2: you know before you do that when stingray comes in it reminds me of the scene in lion king when like timon and pumbaa show up and start kicking ass you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Or even Rafiki, you know, he busting a, out the martial arts.
0: Oh yeah, he was a very he was a fun he was a fun addition to the cast. And when we put the wonder together, the actual wonder when we first started choreographing and putting the skeleton together, it ended when the principal and Stingray come out in the hallway, but when we had our rehearsal and trying to dial in exactly, I was like, we can carry this on because we can bring, we should bring Stingray down and let him take out these covert ties. I mean, these BI goes and see how far we can take it. And that just sort of like topped the water for us. And after giving him, <laughs> we had some choreography that we had set aside for where he was going to go through and how he was going to handle it. He added his, Little touches to it that just made it out of control.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, f- little disclaimer for the listeners. I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this if you have not finished season two of Cobra Kai. But can we talk about Miguel's fall?
1: Yes. Dun, dun, dun.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I think we've seen, you know, some footage behind the scenes uh, that's out there. I, I'm kind of forgetting which. Uh, which cast member I followed that that I that we saw that, but uh, yeah, if you talk about like the rigging of the harness and and all of the work that went into that,
0: um, <laughs> Sholo and just to, before I get into that, like Sholo, Jacob, all the kids, you know, they they want to do and are very capable of doing everything that is, is that we did. They're all very capable of doing it. There's some certain things that a lot of the kids can't do. They have to have stuff doubles only because if they get injured for any reason, then we're in trouble and the show's going to shut down. We have to have the stuff doubles take care of some of the stuff that they have to do. Um, they're always like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And they can't, like, and you have to always take them with us. You can't do this. You can't do this piece. But with the fall, when we got to the fall, Shiloh knew exactly what was going to be happening on the fall. We were setting up the rig. It was a rig that we set up over the stairs for when he falls, he falls straight down onto the stairs. And I originally just wanted him to fall onto the stairs, but there was a railing there. And I was like, it needs to be a violent fall that puts, uh, ultimately puts Miguel where we at the, at the end of the episode. But, um, there was a rail there. So I wanted to be able to slam him onto the rail and back down on the stairs to make it even more violent. And, Shiloh had no idea, but I set up a rig that we were able to take him. We were going to shoot it at high speed, and I said, I told him that he's going to get to do this gag. I'm going to put him in a wire, and we're going to take him down, and he's going to get to fall down towards the edge. He's never going to hit him, but we're going to stop him before, which became one of the coolest shots of that episode, of him just falling over the rail and going down away from us. He was on a wire, and we and we dropped him down, and stopped him before he got anywhere near the, the railing. And then we had our stunt double Miller Garrett come down and actually take the fall where he flew out on the, on the line much hotter, hit the rail and down the stairs.
2: Yeah. It's quite a shot that that whole scene is extremely emotional for, for everybody. Uh, it's, it's tough to watch really. And, um, you know, the fans, they all have their, their theories on how season three is going to open up. Uh, Speaking of season three, very little is known about it. Uh, there's a tease about uh, Daniel going back to Okinawa. Uh, it has, like, over the past year while filming season two, th- did you guys have any thoughts or ideas of something that you wish you could potentially use? Um, just, you know, like one of those random fantasy choreographies? I don't know if you guys have them, but I'm just asking. <laughs>
1: Cool. choreography fantasies, I guess that would be exclusive yeah. to a stunt person. yeah yeah
2: right. I'm sure people have their own you know fantasies of like uh fights between Daniel and Johnny.
1: Yeah, I mean that for uh, us, which we got to do a little teaser of in season two and um you know we had the fight between Daniel and Johnny was actually much bigger than it played out on screen. Um, Hito, if you want to talk a little bit about that, how that played out with uh, John, Josh, and Hayden and Ralph and Billy.
0: Yeah, we, we did several rehearsals and choreographed a much longer fight between the two of them in the apartment before they were broken up. And they rehearsed it all. It was all ready to go. The day of, we're getting ready to start shooting. And there was heavy, heavy discussion on whether we should let this fight go as long as it was going to go or how, how it was going to end the way it was going to end. And ultimately, what it came down to is this needs to be a little bit of a teaser for the fans and not give them all of what we have just yet. And so a lot of it was cut down on the day of shooting before we even got started. And so it was shortened up on the day. And that was an agreement from pretty much everybody—the writers, the, uh, even Ralph and Billy both—we all discussed and was like, "This should be a teaser."
2: Yeah, you always want to leave the viewers wanting more, right? Oh yeah. Some of the stuff that was cut out—does that include like the the shot that we see in the official teaser where um, Daniel's head? Pretty much snaps back.
0: No, well, actually, we never, we never shot the extra footage of what it was because we just before we even got into shooting it, we had just started the beginning of the fight, and then that discussion happened before we even got into it, so it was never even put on film.
2: I feel there was, um, there was a shot in the official teaser that we never saw in you know the finished product. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have for Cobra Kai related. Um, as as we get ready to wrap up, I, I know outside of of stunt work, you guys. Well, Janelle, I uh, you do some writing, and you know you also uh, direct as well. There's a couple projects you guys have done together in, in the past. You care to talk about any of those projects, like the last contract, for example?
1: Yeah, um, the last contract was the first short film that Hito and I made together. We co-wrote it. Um, I produced and played a part. Hito directed it, edited it. Um, We got together a small crew, um, some friends from LA and we went down to Arizona where my family lives and where I'm from and were able to use the resources we had at our disposal down there and shot the last contract. It was just, just premiered in May at the Arizona International Film Festival. It was an official selection. So that was the first independent project that Hito and I did together. And we have a lot more in the pipeline. I have about 10 to 15 scripts that eventually will make their way from paper onto the screen. We just haven't. We've been so busy. We haven't had the time (laughs) to really work on any of those other projects, but it's something we really love to do. I love writing. I love producing. And Keto is such a visionary when it comes to directing. He really is one of the most talented directors out there. Um, But he's just so damn good at doing stunt choreography and that sort of thing, too, that I guess that's (laughs) a good problem to have.
0: (laughs) A good problem
1: to have. Yeah, but, I
0: definitely um, am trying to move myself towards directing. I do a lot of set the directing, and and I ultimately this directing is where I want to go in the end.
2: And uh, what are some upcoming stuff that uh, you can speak on where listeners can um, look forward to seeing seeing you guys work?
0: Yeah, I just I well, everybody's already season season three of Stranger Things. That was uh, what I just I was sent as director on. That season, and we're going to be going for a fourth season. Um, I'm currently, I just finished uh, a Stephen King called The Outsider. It's an HBO show. Um, we just wrapped that, and then I'm currently on Ozark season three right now,
2: which will run right into Cobra Kai. And The Outsider also comes out next year.
0: It, I should be, I think, around, I think January is what they were saying, and I don't get an official least yet. Okay. That will be out next year for sure.
2: And that concludes my conversation with Hito Koda and Janelle Kerfman. Uh, I want to thank them again for coming on the show and good luck with the the Emmy nominations. We are all rooting for you guys, uh, crossing all fingers and toes and stuff because you guys definitely do some awesome work um i really enjoyed hearing all the stories and uh, some insights uh, behind some of the the, the more notable uh, fight scenes and um you know just working with some some of the the actors and with every interview that we've had the, the same thing is is often said about the cast that everyone is just great and wonderful people this may not have made the, the the final conversation but at one point Janelle even says that you know this cast compared to others you know is very accessible um you know they are very interactive on social media and such and we have said that in previous episodes as well so um yeah i'm i'm still like on cloud 9 speaking to these two and uh, just looking at their Filmography and some of the things they've they've done it's just' it's pretty crazy how active they have been in the industry and and all the projects that they have worked on. I am definitely looking forward to some of their other projects that uh don't include stunts work. Like the, you know, some of the projects that Janelle mentioned, her writing and Hiro, uh, directing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I also want to thank the listeners, you know, for your guys' continued support. Uh, without you guys, you know, we may not have, um, given you guys these interviews or, you know, maybe even gone as long as, as we have and, um, trying to provide great content for, for all of our listeners. And not often do I ask something in return, but if you guys have a couple of minutes, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help out the visibility of our show. that will bump us up just a little bit higher for those that might be looking for a Cobra Kai podcast. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we are on social media. Uh, we have a Twitter, which you can find us at Cobra Kai Pod, and Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. We have a pretty cool Cobra Kai group page where we share, you know, all the latest news and content that we find. Things from Comic Cons and just anything that breaks, we we share it. If you guys want to join that community, go on Facebook and search www period Cobra Kai period C O M slash companion podcast and the words period and slash are spelled out. I know it's a mouthful, but the link is in the show notes or you can copy and paste from there. So thanks again, everybody for you guys' support and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.
2: All right, I, I think um, I think we got it. I think I'll just go ahead and end it right there. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for giving me the time. I, uh, you know, you know, I, well, I followed both of you guys on uh, on social media. I just assumed you guys were still on your cruise, so I was like, I, how are they going to make it to this call if they're out enjoying the oh, cruise? Uh, <laughs> you
1: know, you know like, <laughs> I. I had a everybody has said that to me. I do not have any photos when we were actually on the cruise, so I'm posting in a way that is sort of chronological to what happened. What I wanted to post It's just all happening sort of delayed, so it's not really happening in real time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I, 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 I was like, oh, they're. They probably forgot they're having a family vacation. We should have scheduled this out further. And then uh, I got the email from Jordan. I was like, "Oh, working on Ozark on the ship?" <laughs> like I, I was, uh, I was a little confused. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. I, I'm posting everything post cruise. We did. It was a three day cruise over the weekend, so it's all. It's not all happening in real time. So the truth is out.
2: No, that's funny. <laughs> So I, I, I appreciate you guys coming on the show.
1: Of course. Well, I imagine it's such a cult favorite that I, you know, it's, it's definitely a little like, niche that you guys have found. And I feel like for us anyway, the cast and the creators of the show are extremely accessible compared to you know, some of the other shows out there,
2: Absolutely. especially yeah. hit
1: shows. Uh, I mean,
0: just, just to tell you how cool this cast is, um, when we, when they announced the Emmy nominations this year, like I didn't, we were in Atlanta, and the time difference, and they announced it early in the morning, but I didn't know if we had actually got nominated or not. Janelle and I both got a text from Ralph Macchio congratulating us on our nomination. Oh, that's awesome. That's
1: how, yeah, that's how we had found out about our Emmy nomination for <laughs> That was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> okay. that, that is pretty awesome.
0: <laughs>